and thank you for joining us for another episode of Hope for Healthcare with Dr. Katie Cole in partnership with ICD Healthcare Network. Dr. Katie Cole is a holistic physician, organizational well-being consultant, and change agent, working with industry leaders and proven strategies to heal our national healthcare system and our culture of medicine. Stay tuned to hear today's speaker. Welcome everyone to Hope for Healthcare. Today, I have two very special guests with us. Our first guest is Bill Daugherty, and we had recently done a podcast together. He is the president, CEO, and founder of ICD Event, as well as ICD Health Network. Today, we also have Frank Katita, and he was recently appointed as senior advisor to ICD development, a leading producer of conferences in the healthcare segment, including events on burnout, patient experience, equity, resiliency, and literacy. Well, welcome, Bill and Frank. I am so happy to have you with us today. Always great to be with you, Katie. Nice to be here again. (laughs) So, you know, you two make a very powerful partnership. Can you tell us a little bit about your vision for ICD Healthcare Network and the direction that you want to take your organization. Frank, do you want to start? Yeah, well, I, I, I'll just start by saying, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. And uh, it's also a thrill to be working with Bill, who uh, I've talked to for, for a year or so about the possible collaboration on the work that I was doing. And that I used to be on the board at HIMSS, big healthcare IT organization, and, and was in global media around the world for, for most of my career. So um, when, when Bill had the vision, which you could talk a little bit about, uh, or and it's also talked about in another podcast, um, it, it just seemed a perfect fit for where I was. And the uh, you know, Bill and I share a lot of the same kinds of uh, passion for the business. We also have a certain degree of uh, what I call professional ADHD, where we like to have our hands in a lot of different <laughs> things and a lot of different aspects of the business, which is, uh, is, is exhilarating for me. And uh, I know at times dangerous for both of us, but it's uh, it's it's just been a lot of fun uh, working together. So, uh, uh, Bill could could sort of give you the overall vision, and then uh, what I'll do uh, after that is is to, to to give you my vision of how we're we're building this out based on the stakeholders and constituents that we have coming in to our content. Sure, Sounds great, Bill, take it away. <laughs> yeah, and uh, likewise, I when Frank. Um, approached me about working together. I was all for the idea and it's been great having somebody to bounce ideas off of somebody who kind of thinks like me and we're onto our next census before we even ask it. And um, it just, it's, it's just great. And we have, um, we have a great vision for this company. We are focusing on our healthcare conferences. We were on other events in the past, but now our total focus is on the healthcare division. So we're growing this with all kinds of um, conferences, including the healthcare burnout symposium, which is coming up in June in New York city. We have the Patient Experience Symposium, which is in the sixth year. That's in Boston. And uh, I produced it the past five years, and Frank is taking it over this year. Um, and it's just his hands. I'm helping out, of course, but he's um, the forefront of that one there. Then we have Hospitals at Home. We're focusing on uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence and also healthcare equity. And in addition, we'll be doing a veterinarian um, burnout conference. We'll be doing a West Coast version of healthcare burnout, and we're getting to the cannabis space as well down the road. In addition to the conferences, we're building an ICD healthcare network. Uh, and instead of being uh, in front of folks for just two days of a conference, we're building it. So the, the other 363 days, we have resources available 
for uh, earning CMEs, CEs, other credits, mm -hmm. as well as um, delivering resources that they can't get at one place. So, Frank, do you want to take from there? Yeah. So, so uh, tr traditionally, I ICD was a, a conference company, and and obviously that's content uh, in in one kind of format, but. Uh, you know, world events have changed the way that content is consumed and digested. And uh, so, you know, we found that we had to do things other than just have, uh, as, as they say in this business, putting butts in seats in conference rooms. Uh, and so, so what we had to do is obviously uh, be part of the digital transformation movement ourselves. Uh, my background is, is before I even got into global media and international business, it was as a special ed teacher, actually. So I, I, I always see my core brand as being a, a, an educator in whatever I do, whether it's working for ICD or working for HIMSS or, or, or teaching at Northeastern University where, where I spent part of my time. So what, what I'm looking at here, what we're looking at is that we have this incredible body of knowledge called the ICD Healthcare Network, which is largely composed of uh, on-demand recordings that we do of all our events. We were one of the first companies to actually record everything, uh, not even knowing about uh, COVID, but we just, we recorded them because we wanted to have the archives of those. Uh, but that's just not enough for, for people just to spend those two days. So, so our, our, our vision is that we provide what I call continuous information service, as Bill mentioned, for the other 362 or three days uh, during the year. Uh, and the interesting thing is, is that when we look at healthcare, it, it, we, we look at it as being in pillars and, and we do that ourselves in terms of the way that the architecture for our company is that we, we, we have burnout, we have literacy, we have resiliency. So we have these pillars, but the reality of the modern brand of the healthcare professional is that they have to be cross-functional. They have to be double deep and triple deep in their skills and, and it has to cross the line. So you can't just be a burnout person without understanding the, the other aspects of patient engagement, for example. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to find a way through our, through our site and through our, our content that people can build their personal brands to have the complexity that's required in, in this day and age. For example, you know, we're gonna be doing an equity conference. Um, I just saw that, that for the first time today, there was just an announcement that it, it, Intermountain launched their first equity vice president in Intermountain of all places. It's the first time they've done it, which is really showing that some, some, of, these, some of these concepts and some of these brands are in their infancy. Uh, if Intermountain is just doing it for the first time in equity, um, then, then it sort of shows that this brand building process is going to be going on in a lot of different places. So we want to be there and make sure that the equity person has an understanding of what the IT person is doing and that the IT person has an understanding of what the burnout person is doing. It's sort of like asking your IT people to come in to the human resources meetings during during the during the year or the human resources people to go to the IT meetings to understand what that constituent is thinking. So we want to build these complex brands uh, and have the ability for people not only to go into the pillar that they're interested in that they subscribe to to go to the live event, but also to go with lateral thinking into the other areas where they say, you know, I'd like to be an equity person, but I want to be an equity person that's hyphenated with IT. So how can I be an IT equity person? So we, we want to provide that complexity of brand and then as educators provide a curriculum for them to do that. Frank, that was very well said. And that is really exciting. I really, this is kind of, this is really a new concept. And especially we've been talking about how healthcare is so siloed. 
And there's yeah. all these different aspects to healthcare and especially with the well-being community now, um, having a central place with your organization where, you know, whether you're a healthcare CEO, a leader, a physician, a nurse, a patient, you can, or you're in AI or tech, you can come to your organization and understand more about the other experiences. So you're taking away that like separation between the silos. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, connecting. Right. We see a place in this too. It just, just, you know, there is a commercial part of this business, obviously, but we, we see this as a gathering place for vendors because, you know, at many of the vendors that we, we communicate with on, on Monday, the person might be doing manufacturing software on Tuesday, it might be finance software. And then, Oh, Wednesday is my healthcare day. Uh, so, so, you know, they might be carrying what we used to call in the business, a big bag, uh, and, and they have a desperate need in our experience of, of, of learning the business. So whereas, you know, the, the typical professionals, the wellness directors and the, you know, the equity directors, you know, they, they have a, a role in learning the business as well. The vendors really need to be able to speak to these people intelligently about some of these concepts. And they're not easy even for the people that are in the business. So if you're, if you're coming in from manufacturing software on Monday and selling healthcare on Wednesday, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty stiff learning curve. So, uh, you know, we see the content that we have not only useful for, for the professionals, but we also see it useful for the commercial community. That's got to figure this out as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, this sounds like a marvelous platform. And how did you decide this was the area that you wanted to get involved in, Frank? Uh, me, <laughs> that's we, we might have we might have to we might have to go audience. another we might have to go another hour. I have a very checkered background, all legal, by the way, but I have a very checkered background, and, and uh, so uh, you know, I, a, a number of years uh, ago, I was asked to be on the board, the global board of directors of Hims, a healthcare IT organization, based on the international content experience that I'd done around the world in launching PC World, Computer World, Info World, the Dummies books around the world. So, so um, you know, I. I I fell in love with healthcare based on that. I had no business really being in it. Uh, so uh, what happened was that I, that I have a voracious appetite. I have had a lifelong love for learning uh, as a professor and an academic. So uh, once I get into something like this, it just, it, it becomes all consuming. Mm -hmm. My wife knows this as a fact. It's just, I, I just become mm -hmm. an animal. Uh, and, and that helped happen with healthcare. Um, there, there was an interesting turning point that happened two years ago. Uh, in that um, not only was I writing and researching and, and developing content and organizing media companies, uh, I, I suddenly uh, was hoisted to, to be part of the patient perspective. And I, I spent 100 days hospitalized in Boston. I was one of the first COVID patients at, uh, at Mass General. Uh, spent 100 days in the hospital, 45 in a coma, and then spent the rest of my time learning how to walk. And uh, and survived, and I'm actually healthier than I ever was. But uh, what what really turned me on to a different aspect of this business, and I know Bill has had his own personal experiences with this, is that uh, the moment I woke up from a coma, uh, being the professor and the uh, the writer that I was, I said I'm, I'm going to start conducting primary research on patient engagement from my bed, uh, and and uh, on the 46th day, which is actually two years ago this week, uh, I, I woke up and started uh, writing and, and, and doing uh, webinars and, uh, and wow. talking to people and just watching what was going on around me that was uh, fantastic, 
because it brought me back to my life. Uh, but there are many horrible things that were, were, were challenging, uh, not disastrous, but challenging as a patient related to interoperability and a lot of the technological parts of patient engagement that were, um, uh, that were newsworthy as far as I was concerned. So I got into that to the extent that I, I, I was uh, then appointed to the board of uh, the Patient Family Advisory Board co-chair at, at Spalding Health Network, um, where I now provide that patient and family perspective. And, and so that's that's the, the long answer to a short question is that that's, that's the other aspect that we, and Bill could talk to this, I mean, we, we try to bring the patient perspective in because that's the ultimate that's the ultimate customer. But we relation. don't have a hospital and we don't have a healthcare facility without patients. Exactly. And we exactly. are all patients. Right. And it's going into the home now. So patients are in different places. So it has to be delivered yes. Uh, yes. differently. But the, the patient perspective is, is so incredibly different. Uh, but many of them just aren't able to talk about it. Some of them just want it to go away because they're done with it. And some, and which is the indicative of the uh, the industry and the problem in general, some don't have the language communication skills to verbalize it. That was one of the biggest problems that we found at the early days of COVID is they couldn't verbalize to people that understood what their ailments were. And uh, that's why it took such a hard hit on the lower income and uh, and minority groups. Uh, so we, you know, we, we, we watched that very closely as, as part of the ICD uh, mission, uh, but we also take it very personally. I mean, I, I've got my own personal experiences. Bill's family has gone through these experiences himself, his partner. So it's, it's just, you know, it, it's, it's just built into the central nervous system of our organization. Well, I mean, you certainly have, not only do you have a massive amount of experience building businesses, Frank, and being an educator and a professor, uh, how you also have the patient experience during COVID at the beginning of the pandemic. And then with Bill's experiences as well with his own family health concerns, I think that you both bring a lot of humanism and understanding and compassion to what we're trying to do to heal our healthcare system. Well, the patient experience is affected by burnout. Uh, the caregiver experience is affected by it. So it's all one big ecosystem and it should all be covered together. Yeah, I really like that term ecosystem. That really pulls everything together. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, my, I mean to, to most point, I mean, my, my first experience was that I started writing about loneliness because I was going through clinical loneliness uh, when I was in there. And and I, I, one of the doctors that was a weekend warrior there that was an oncologist, didn't even belong in that ward where I was, uh, asked me what I was writing about. I told him about loneliness. And he said, well, do you realize how lonely I am? I said, what do you mean how lonely you are? Mm -hmm. And it was my first jolt into what he was going through uh, that, that I was going through as well. I didn't understand how he could possibly be lonely uh, taking care of patients and having the hectic nature of what was going on. And to, to Bill's point, what I found out that th there are a lot of lonely people treating lonely people, and there are a lot of burnout people treating burnout people. So it's it's this vicious cycle of one fueling the other. That the more lonely people you're treating, the lonelier you get. There's the the job satisfaction satisfaction uh, starts to slip. So you know we're 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 looking at those issues. The other thing that, that we're we're looking at, Katie, is that uh, we're we're not immune from controversy in this organization. That we in fact we 
we actually uh, encourage it in terms of some of the content that we have. We, we, I, I talk about the difference between fireside chats and fireside spats uh, that, that uh, I, I think we need in this business because th there's a lot of agreement going on. And I know wellness people like, you know, are much more complacent in terms of getting along with each other than, than a lot of the IT people. But I, I think there are certain areas where people need a healthy debate uh, about things. There's a lot of debate about things like artificial intelligence. There's a, a lot of debate about uh, uh, moral injury versus uh, versus burnout. You know, I mean, it's just like, where, where, where are these things? So, you know, I, I think what we're trying to build into the way that we're thinking in, in this personal brand building is that we're, we're, we're trying to say that, you know, we, we need healthy contrarians to come in and, 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 and bring up points of view that, that are different because that it's, it's so easy to get caught in the undertow or the tide of what's happening. And, and it's very difficult in some places to say, whoa, 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 you know, I'm not, I'm not sure that's the way we, we really want to go. So we, we want to hear those opposing views whenever we can uh, not destructive not not you know not, not not contrary to the the normal thinking about covid and vaccines or things like that but 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 related to organizational and enterprise issues which are really really important to sort of argue these out to, before you start building the plan i agree and you know some the best leader is a molder of consensus and that's a quote by martin luther king i believe but it's one of those quotes that always sticks with me and you know this is such a fabulous time in America right now because we are, I mean, the, we already had a, a sick healthcare system for decades, but the pandemic really highlighted it and exacerbated what was already going on. And this is a wonderful time for us right now to rebuild, redesign and rebuild and transform our healthcare systems and look at what is working well and look at what isn't working well and how can we you know, bridge that and transform over the next decade and create a much more adaptive, flexible, brighter healthcare system. Yes, and I think it's important to draw from uh, experiences from other industries as well, and we try to do that with all our programs. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that'll be that'll be included in the upcoming uh, conferences that we have. Uh, some of some of the best sessions have been lessons learned, I, and not only lessons learned that here's what you can do, uh, but especially when people are coming in, we've had people from uh, Ritz Carlton and, and places like that who've said, you know, I don't, I don't care how good you are, it's just it's just not going to happen in healthcare. It just doesn't. It's not. It's not built that way that we, we could look for these great things that I want to turn something into into Zoom or into Google or into you know, some some popular app. Uh, but you know, it, healthcare, you know, healthcare is different. I, I think the interesting thing is to, to Bill's point is that is that uh, what what can other industries learn from healthcare? Uh, and we tend to be a generation behind in some things, uh, but there are some things that are so totally unique to healthcare that other people don't even think about, especially as it relates to, to, to privacy and compliance and HIPAA and things like that in other compliance sensitive businesses like finance. Um, that, that really become important for them and, and I think a lot of people think I just you know it's healthcare I just can't learn something from that, but I, I, th I think we need to be educating them as well about what healthcare can teach. Well, and if we're educating each other during this process in transition, we're more likely to take the most successful aspects of what we've accomplished and create a healthier foundation and platform for healthcare, um, as well as organizations. And they have a better way of interfacing with healthcare as well if they understand what we're going through and they're part of that transformation process. Exactly. 
You know, we're we're finding with burnout, for example, that it, that it it just crosses so many different industries. I mean, so we we it was a natural in healthcare because we knew clinical burnout was a really big deal. But I mean, we you know we found out that the you know the Veterinarian Association uh, contacts us to say, oh my God, you know, the, the vets have one of the highest. There, there's the uh, one of the customers talking right now. <laughs> He's in agreement, apparently. <laughs> With veterinarian suffering from burnout. So. It's, it's, a, it's a trigger. It's a trigger word. So, <laughs> so, so I mean, but we, we just found out that you know that these 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 veterinarians, especially the vet techs, had had some very very high suicide rates and, and extremely high mental health problems uh, because of their emotional attachment with the animals and the fact that there's not the same kind of insurance and the, the social safety net's not there for for fluffy. Uh, so I mean, but, but you know, I, we found out that this is not a, a spoiler alert, but you know, we found out that sports oh. trainers have a high level of burnout and, and and we find out that you know that just so many other industries bill 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 has bumped into them all himself i'm sure people that were in bill's seafood business during the early days are saying oh my god this this fish <laughs> stuff is killing me uh so i mean it's 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 not funny but i mean it, it is so ubiquitous mm -hmm. and and, we, and there are so many things that it you know that that are, are universal in terms of treating burnout that aren't just clinical burnout, but are the same for all levels of burnout or moral injury that we could apply across the board uh, yeah. for other industries, while at the same time keeping something that is completely, completely unique to a vet tech burnout that has nothing to do with what a nurse might be going through in, in a regular human hospital. So those, and, and that's, that's actually, I think for me, uh, as, as somebody who loves this voracious appetite for learning, it's just, it's so fascinating. It's depressing at times, but fascinating to find how, how these, these issues, all of them cross so they, many different verticals. They do. It, and, and burnout is a worldwide problem. I understand it's not even just America. There are, you know, Europe has been dealing with burnout for decades and it's, it's not a new concept. Well, what you, that's a really important point. And, and it really goes back to, to what I've, I've been teaching for the last 15 years. Uh, I teach a graduate program in cross-cultural communications at, at Northeastern. And so everything I look at has this cross-cultural aspect to your point. Uh, so, so, you know, is there a, a, a different nuance to burnout in Asia because the nature of the society and, and the, the way they hold things in and and the, the relationship with harmony. So, I mean, you can make a lot of mystique in this that might not actually be there, but at the same time, there are some really important nuances to healthcare from a cross-cultural point of view. For, for example, I, I, I talk about the cross-cultural aspects of pain mm -hmm. and how people address it and describe pain is it could be dramatically different between Chinese people and Russian people, for example. So, so you know, those kinds of issues, of, of, of especially as healthcare organizations are becoming global and establishing a global footprint, like you see with Cleveland Clinic and Mayo and, and, and UPMC, uh, th those are the differences between success and failure as, you're, as not only you're treating people, but as you're marketing yourself around the world as a healthcare organization. Well, yes, and you know, one of the things that I found very fascinating is Dr. Christina Maslach spoke at the January symposium on burnout in San Francisco several months ago. And she really highlighted that, you know, she's been consulting worldwide for over, isn't it close to 30 years on burnout? And what she has 
noticed and studied is that there are a common theme of six drivers of burnout worldwide. Mm -hmm. And that is what she has developed her metrics and, and tests on. So it's very interesting that we, there may be different cultural components to the drivers of burnout worldwide. However, there are some underlying themes. And so if we can really pull together as a country and the, and a globe and find out, you know, what the solutions are really working well, uh, then I think that we have, can have a very successful healthcare transformation. Absolutely. I, I think, I think you're exactly right. I, I talk about universals and the particulars. Mm -hmm. So global chassis, local body uh, is, is the way I describe it. So when, when you look at healthcare being delivered that way, uh, there are the universal themes. It's, it's the local body that, that really becomes tricky um, you know, for example, in shame cultures, talking about someone having to, to admit that they're going through burnout in, in a shame culture, as a pair, even compared to cultures like our own, where we're not a shame culture, but it's still very difficult. You don't want that smudge on your record. Um, so you add the smudge on your record with the shame culture, like in many places in Asia, on top of that, and, and it magnifies the effect uh, exponentially. So it's uh, it becomes interesting to look at those nuances, but not to not to uh, not to fixate on them because you could easily start driving yourself crazy by saying that everybody's different when they're really not in many regards. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, this is. You know, this is really exciting. I'm really happy for the both of you for coming together and partnering in this organization. And, um, I, you know, you have a lot of wonderful things to look forward to. I'm excited also that you are partnering with Hope for Healthcare podcast. I'm looking forward to collaborating with you in the coming years. So <laughs> looking forward to it, too. Looking forward to it. I think we, um, we're doing our best to impact healthcare and yeah. uh, look forward to working that, doing that with you. Yes. Well, um, Bill and Frank, is there anything else that you want our audience to know about your organization? I know one thing that we talked about before is that you're really solutions focused. And so that's the thing is, you know, we've had like a decade, maybe even more than that of awareness. And now we know what the issues are and the problems. Um, but you're really now taking your organization to an, the next level where it, you know, each conference each webinar, just like with my podcast, each session is really solutions focused on resolving burnout and promoting professional fulfillment across the continuum. And that's what makes us stand out from other, uh, there's a lot of conferences out there, but um, for instance, the burnout conference, our burnout conference offers solutions, not just to go there, find out it's a problem. Um, the folks that attend already know that it is a problem. And it's, it's great to generate awareness about the problem, of course, but our conferences are there to solve problems and to uh, offer solutions and folks can actually go back to the organizations, make change by attending our conferences. Sometimes they do it right when they're on the seat, they go on the cell phone and as Frank mentioned to me earlier, <laughs> and they just uh, text somebody and they make change there. So we've seen change happen from our conferences and we're really happy about that. And that's what we're driving to do is um, offer changes, not just going there and soaking in how bad the problem is. You can leave there and actually make changes at your own organization. Yeah, the true test of our business is, is, is uh, to Bill's point, is, is the ability to replicate what we're talking about there. Because you know, we have a lot of big organizations that come in and people say, I never could have the budget to do that. You know, it's Mayo Clinic. How am I going to get the kind of money that Mayo has? I'm a small rural hospital in Maine. Uh, 
so, so that replicability part, regardless of the size of the organization, is really, really important. It's also solutions, but I mean, some of these things are, are dying to find an aspect of innovation. Uh, so, I mean, we're, we're working on an equity conference right now, and we're looking for innovation in equity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not that we're going in and giving a test to everyone the first week on their job to, to the typical equity training, but how, how are we actually innovating and, and, and driving change? And more importantly, the other thing that we, we always look for are ways of measuring the success of what you're doing, because somebody back in the C-suite with an F next to his name, uh, CFO, is going to be saying, you know, we just spent, we just spent, we, yeah, it's not me, we just spent $2 million on this and, and I am totally for equity, but what? I'm totally for solving burnout, but what what did we get for our money? And and that's a really harsh reality, and we don't like to mm-hmm. dwell on that. It's like I'm not supposed to be talking about that. This is a wellness conference, uh, but at the same time, it's the reality of the business. So that's why, in in terms of in, in addition to having the the solutions that that we're looking to have CFOs understand, chief wellness officers and chief wellness officers understanding enterprise IT, so that when all these people get together in a room, the CFO can say, I got it now. This is a much more qualitative accounting that I have to do than a quantitative spreadsheet that I'm used to doing. So that, that's why solutions are really, really important and being able to quantify them are, are going to be a, a mainstay of the conferences that we're doing. Yeah, we are covering the economies of burnout with um, Dr. Steve Strongwater and others at the conference in June. And you said the economies of burnout? Yeah, the economy. So, so you can find out the uh, financial impact of dealing with burnout. And, and so you can adjust it. The CFO always wants to know how is it going to impact the bottom line. So you can go back to your organization and address it that way. Mm-hmm. Critical. Well, you know, it is very critical because, uh, you know, any C- any CEO, COO, CFO of a health system, chief well-being officer even, is going to want to know, hey, if I invest like $5 million in this coaching program and we we do this for the health system. What is going to, how is that going to impact my bottom line? Because the 5 million has to come from somewhere. So if we take it from this section and invest in well-being, am I going to make a profit? Am I going to break even? Like what's going to be the long-term gain over the next year to two years? So I think it's really important to talk about the financial aspect of what we're doing. And we do have metrics that show um, profitability with resolving burnout. Well, I was I was on a call the other day where the uh, the healthcare organization was saying, a branch of a large healthcare organization was saying we we could hire forty five nurses today, today, and and we're replacing ones that we had and we need even more than forty five, but that's what we need wow. today. And the other part was is that they they said that I don't even know where they went, I don't know where they went because I know they didn't go to another hospital. So I mean, this is what we're seeing wow. in this. So when you talk to a CFO of First of all, it gives them heartburn because you know the thought of hiring forty-five nurses—that's that's a that's a lot of money. But the fact that they've lost forty-five, and the patient engagement suffers because of that, and the brand image suffers because somebody reads in the news that or looks in the uh, on the one ads that, that to the extent that they have them anymore that 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 this this organization needs forty-five nurses, and, and people say. I think grandma's in that hospital and they need 45 nurses. It's, you know, it's, it, it's has a lot of different impacts that the chief financial officers really will pay attention to. Well, I know I'm really looking forward to the upcoming symposium in June and seeing both of you in person in New York 
And I know that there's some pre-conference workshops that are on, is it June 22nd on that Wednesday? June 22nd, there's four workshops. Okay. You can choose um, two of those. Okay. And for our audience, you know, if you're unable to make the conference in person in June, I urge you to go and, you know, register online with ICD events and you have, will have online access, right? With <laughs> right, you can sign up for the ICD Healthcare Network yep. and yep. Um, two weeks after the conference, approximately two weeks afterward, we'll be uploading all the sessions that are recorded as well as looking back and seeing all the sessions from January and other conferences we've done and other resources will be available on the network. So we encourage, if you're unable to make it to New York to make sure you sign up for the network. If you do come and attend in New York, you'll automatically have six months of the network afterward as well. And that's fabulous because I know it can sometimes I go back months later and I say, I want to re-listen to that presentation again, or that was some really great information. So well, if you want one track uh, Katie, or a session from another track, you can do that as well. Okay. Katie, you have a great audience. If anybody out there listening to us right now has ideas on new on new content themes or, or is, is interested in proposing something or writing something. Uh, we're always looking from the outside in. So uh, we don't have all the great ideas sitting here. Uh, we like people that are out there in the field that are experienced, whether in burnout or patient experience. But uh, we encourage your office, uh, your audience to contact us with uh, with ideas and themes that they feel are important. Wonderful. And also regarding our network too, um, we encourage groups. So if there's a health system that wants to send all their members to um, join and be part of this, we, we're definitely open to uh, group rates. Um, feel free to contact us. Great. Well, and how can our audience get in touch with you? What's the best way to reach out to you? You could email info at icdevents.com. Okay. They'll get to one of us. Or you can visit our website at um, for the conference in June. It's stophealthcareburnout.com. Or you can see all our upcoming events at icdevents.com or some of them at our website, icdevents.com. Perfect. And everyone, I will have all this information uploaded on our website for drkittycole.com and it'll be on the podcast Hope for Healthcare webpage. Um, also, we will be posting on social media and Bill and Frank will have this podcast and information as well. So there are multiple avenues for you to reach out to them. Beautiful. All right. Well, in wrapping up today, thank you both for being our guest on Hope for Healthcare. And, you know, I'm so happy that you're launching ICD Healthcare Network. It's much needed in this community. And I look forward to seeing, you know, how you grow and expand over the next several years. And thank you. I just want to add that we, we are um, partnering with class research and other organizations too. So if there's an organization out there that wants to contribute to our network, please feel free to reach out. Sounds great. Thank you. Have a great day. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in and stay tuned for our upcoming podcast and more information on the upcoming symposium. Thanks, Katie. Bye. <laughs>